0: happy week 12 everyone at nfl land. this is doug ferrara touchdown wire on the USA Today sports media group and the guy over there with the strong sweater game today is the great greg cosell of nfl films ESPN's nfl matchup and Greg, is that like a uh, christmas are you like warming up for your christmas sweater time or what's going on there? i
1: don't think so it just happens to be kind of a nice sweater that i decided to wear today very nice sweater
0: yeah well Speaking of the holidays, we have some nice Thanksgiving games coming up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so we're all watching tape, frankly, trying to catch up here. Uh, let's start with 49ers at Seahawks. And you and I had a discussion this morning about Brock Purdy. And I want to mention a few stats. For 11 weeks, Brock Purdy is number one in quarterback rating, QBR, completion percentage, touchdown percentage, passing success rate, yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt, yards per completion. Net yards per attempt, adjusted net yards per passing attempt, passer rating under pressure, completion percentage under pressure, and yards per attempt under pressure. So, of course, Greg, he's just a system quarterback who only throws the wide-ass open stuff that Kyle Shanahan prepares for him. You
1: know, I guess the way – this leads to, in some ways, a larger discussion about quarterbacks, which is always the way we, I think we like to go. Yeah. I mean, the argument about Purdy has become pointless. The guy's a very good player. But – When a quarterback, what is the job of the quarterback, essentially? I mean, there's many jobs, but let's, you know, we're we're paring it down here. Um, His job is to execute the system that he's being taught at a high level. That's the job. You know, no coach rolls the ball out and says, let's just run around today and see what happens. And that's what we're going to do this Sunday. We're just going to roll the ball out and see what happens. We're not going to play with any structure or system. That, that doesn't happen. So Brock Purdy executes the system he's being asked to execute at a really high level. Mm-hmm. To me, that is high level quarterback play. Uh, you know, and so I don't, in some ways, I don't understand the conversation about this. I mean, I do. I'm not naive and I've been doing this a long time. It's because he doesn't have a power arm. It's because while he's a good athlete, he's not the best athlete. It's because he's not physically imposing, you know, when you just look at him. So there's all these things mm-hmm. which we all fall into those categories at times, Doug. We, I think we would both agree there are times we all do that. Sure. But, but when all's said and done, he is being taught a system of football by his head coach. His job is to go out and execute it snap after snap after snap at the highest level possible He's done that pretty much since he's become the starting quarterback. Yes. And and if you look at the, the totality of his work, you know, it's always easy to pick out a play or two, a negative play. That's easy to do. And when he threw a few late-game interceptions a few weeks ago, you started to get, aha, he really isn't any good. You know, that – you have to look at the totality of the work, right? And well,
0: he—I mean, like, I remember the Giants in the Rams game. I think it was weeks two and three. He was pretty random, like what's going on, spitting the ball all over the place. But he's recovered. And I want to bring up—I want to bring up one play because I think the worry about Purdy is, well, what can he do in the playoffs? Like, can he transcend the system, so to speak? You'll remember the twenty-one yard sideline throw to Brandon Ayuk, who, by the way, is amazing. Oh my god! Are we talking about this week or last week? Uh, week ten, it was against the Jaguars. Twenty-one yard sideline throw to Ayuk against the Jags in week ten, where it looked like Ayuk was his third read. Pretty hung, and made an accurate throw over two converging defenders, Darius Williams, and Trey Herndon. That's. I mean, don't tell me that that's a, that's not a system quarterback.
1: No, I can tell you all about that play. First of all. That was his 21st drop back of the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, As I said, I I broke down the play on the NFL matchup show, so I know it. Um, That was his 21st throw of the game. On 17 of the previous 20 drop backs, the Jaguars played single high safety coverage. So they called a play based on the fact that they were more than likely, percentage wise, probability wise, tendency wise, to get single high. They actually called um, Flood to the um, I believe it's to the boundary side of the field. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, they yep. called flood to the boundary side of the field. Well, that got taken away because what what the Jaguars did is they did disguise and late rotation, and they went to cover two. Yep, to
0: cover and two.
1: So flood was not going to work because ultimately Samuel, who was going to be the intermediate guy in the flood, which would work perfectly in versus cover three, because he'd run into a void there were two defenders that totally muddied the look for Purdy. And he actually looked right down the middle first because the the coverage changed late. It was late rotation. And then he realized, and this is all within the timing and structure of the play. Remember, this is all happening in a second or a second and a half. You know, he's not sitting with a clicker like I have and watching it 10 times and saying, okay, now where should I go with the ball? He's not
0: typing in Google Docs like I do.
1: Right, right. So, so... He immediately realized, okay, it's cover two, and now what's my throw in cover two? It's to the outside void, which is a void in cover two, but it's all the way to the other side of the field. So it, it became a far hash, deep sideline throw, which is a hard throw to make, particularly when you were not anticipating as you're taking the snap that that's the throw that you were going to have to make. So that was really high-level quarterbacking by Purdy.
0: And he I mean, he it wasn't just the timing of the dam, the timing of the throw and the timing of the converging uh, Williams and Herndon. I mean, if he throws that a hair later, it's picked. It might be a pick six. He has
1: to throw it right then. So, right. And that's my point is that all that had to happen within the timing and structure of the play design. So, you know, he only has it happens really fast. And sometimes I don't think people realize how fast those things happen.
0: Yeah, Seahawks, we don't know about Geno Smith, might be a game-new decision. I also wanted to mention, again, Brandon Ayuk, he had a 37-yard catch against the Buccaneers where he looked like he was running a rail route and he cut inside on a dime, and he put Carlton Davis in the dryer. <laughs> and then the 76-yard touchdown. Oh, I thought passed. that
1: was actually – I thought that was also one of Purdy's best throws of the season. Yes, Because, because yes. I, I, I froze it right when Purdy s- separated his hands from the ball Yep. and – If you see where Ayuk was, Ayuk hadn't even started his break yet. So that was another big-time timing anticipation throw. And, by the way, when you make that kind of throw, to be able to put the ball right on the receiver's hands is hard because he hasn't even started his break yet. So the, the, the ball location was phenomenal.
0: You have to have that timing and, you know, sync up with your receivers, which when we get to the Chiefs, we're going to talk about the inverse thing. And then uh, the 76-yard touchdown, we just outran. uh, Jamel Dean was pressing on him. And by, like, step three, uh, Ayuk had him. Yeah, it was a slot fade. Yeah, slot fade. And he's officially become one of those reviewers, all caps, do not want to press. So, I just, you know, we talk about Kittle and Samuel and and McCaffrey, obviously, and they're all great players. But Ayuk, you you got to watch out for that guy. You know, it's
1: funny. I remember watching the draft. I was home that year watching the draft and I you know I do all my college work obviously and I had done IU coming out of ASU and I really liked him and he ran a ton of in-breaking routes at ASU and had a ton of run after catch because he's that kind of receiver and I remember if I'm not mistaken the 49ers traded up to get him and I remember just sitting at home thinking Boy, that's a really good pick for the Niners. And, you know, this was right when they drafted him just because I had seen, you know, a ton of his college tape. And it certainly turned out to be that way because he catches a ton of inbreakers and he's really good run after catch, which is exactly what fits what they do.
0: Yep. Yep. No question. Uh, So that that offense is uh, Seattle's defense has been iffy, uh, well, say the least, but they got a, they got a challenge. Um yeah, I think
1: they've improved. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I I think that they've gotten better. Certain guys have started to play well. Mafi has been a really, you know, his yes. second year, he's really improved significantly. I think. Um,
0: yes, I would. Well, and it, people have said this for years about uh, edge rushers in their second year. It's like they sort of get used to what tackles do to them, and they flip it. I think yeah. It's happened.
1: Yeah, and, um, and
0: Weather Spoon is just tremendous.
1: Yeah, he's a good player. Although he did have his. Uh, Welcome to the NFL moment a few weeks ago against Baltimore when uh, Mr. Edwards ran him over. But that happens yep. to everybody.
0: That happens to everybody. Uh, so Packers at Lions. I want to. We have not. I don't think we've discussed Jordan Love all season. But I want Yeah, I didn't
1: up. get a chance this week, but I've seen pretty much every game until okay. this week. So, so I, I, I mean, get... I'm familiar with him. Yeah.
0: I'll bring it up quickly two plays against the Chargers, and yes, it's the Chargers, and that defense is oh, bad uh 29 yard completion to Dontavian Wicks with 11.29 left in the first half. He had second and 15, pressured by uh, Tui Pelotu to his backside. He's got Jaden Reed in the left flat out of motion, but he doesn't take the quick thing. He's, he moves to his left out of pressure. This was pocket movement, efficient pocket movement. Throws the in cut to Wicks out of dagger with Tucker Craft running the vert, and he makes that throw at defensive tackle. Uh, Otio Ogboyana right in his face. All
1: right. I'm going to believe it or not because I can do this. I'm going to look at that play right now. So Okay. Where when did it occur in the game?
0: We're live, folks. 11:29 left in the first half.
1: 11:29 left in the first half. Wicks 29 yards on second and 15. Yep. All right, I'm looking at it right now.
0: So watch. So if out. I look
1: away, people can understand that I'm yeah. actually looking at my uh, my big TV on the wall so here. So that's why.
0: Look-
1: Tui the left edge. That's why I'm looking away. So yeah. it's not because I, yeah. you know. So All comes right. in
0: pressure. Second Jane fifteen. Reads on the left flat out of motion.
1: Two by two orbit, orbit reverse motion, play fake. So he has to. So he moves. There was no throw within not moving. Oh, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. I yeah. mean, it ends up being wide open, but he's running to his left. Yeah. He sees it. I mean, yeah. it was open because it was the Chargers, but I'm just saying. Well, they're playing cover two. Right. And see, the thing about cover two is this. I learned this from Rod Rust years and years ago when he used to sit with me. He said that zone coverages, and he said, and cover two in particular, those coverages are built for – 1.5, for, let's put it this way, three-step drop timing and five-step drop timing. Anything that goes beyond that, the pass rush has to get there because the coverage cannot hold up. It's not meant to hold up. So obviously when, when Love leaves the pocket, as he did here, and runs out to his left, and I didn't time it, but I'm sure it was at least four or five seconds before he yeah. delivered the football.
0: It wasn't like, a quick friend.
1: The coverage is not going to hold up. So, and I know, you know, you would, you would, we know the Chargers are the worst pass defense in the NFL, and that's what the stats say. And obviously, if you watch the tape, it's on merit. But, but no, no cover two would hold up in, in that situation. It's right. just, I mean, he's throwing the ball at five seconds. You know, yep. the voids become bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Yep. I think I'm looking more at his processing and not bailing and moving in the pocket. Right. Yes, it's wide oh, I get it.
1: But I just I like the. But sometimes like, that happens. I mean, we've seen that yeah. with quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes through the years. When he moves, all of a sudden, guys are wide open. That yeah. sometimes is what happens.
0: I would say I like the advancement of process in his case. To put it that
1: way. <coughs> Did you have another play from that game?
0: Um, I had the uh, the touchdown pass to Romeo Dubs, the game winner, backdoor fade, in which he
1: exploded. No, that was, was, was good ball. Uh, I remember seeing that live.
0: Yeah, it looked to be busted quarters. Threw a nice ball <coughs> I'm,
1: I'm going to pull that ice. one up too. So he's an uh, empty here. Yeah. And the the I don't know what the hell. Oh, they, they got, got screwed up here. up here. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> well, there were no uh, they got caught cuz it's no huddle. Yeah. They got caught. Oops.
0: But he threw a nice ball, you know. Yeah, he threw I, a nice ball. I kind of like I, I kind of like the way he's
1: trending it's just yeah I, I do too by the way you know it's yeah. funny I, I've, I've watched every game except this one obviously which I will get to but uh, you know I just haven't seen all the plays as, as we're speaking now right And I think you see flashes that say this guy can be a good player. I think he needs to tighten up some of his mechanics he can be a little loose with his mechanics with his footwork. His ball carriage, he tends to drop it, move it around a little too much, which can impact negatively your your ball location. Um, Mm -hmm. But he also makes some throws with great timing, great anticipation. He certainly has, you know, I wouldn't say he has tier one ability, but he certainly has a really good arm and he has good movement. So, you know, he's in that that tier two, you know, when we talk about traits. Now, I, it's not just traits. Obviously, there's a mental part of the game as well, and he's working through that. He's yep. It's his first year as a starter. You know, I don't think people realize that, you know, yeah, just because he's been in the league three years, until you play every single week, go through games where you make good plays, bad plays. Maybe you're the reason that you, your team loses a game, and then you've got to come back into the building on Monday and then – be a practice on well, I remember Ron Jaworski talking to me about this all the time, that you find out about your quarterback, not when you win, but when you lose and he has a bad game. Because everybody's eyes in the building, not just the teammates, but in the building are looking at him. And that's when you find out about your quarterback. And and Jaws used to talk to me about that all the time. And you've got to go through that. You you know, you, you can't go through that when you're not playing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean Jaws did most with the Rams and the Eagles, he did. Right. Most- to do you
1: just yeah? Uh, I mean, but my point is, just because he's been there three years, people think, oh well, he's not really a rookie. Yeah, he is a rookie when it comes yeah. to those kinds of things.
0: Everyone has planned till they get punched in the mouth. Thank you, Mike Tyson. uh So, Goff's three interceptions against Goff, three interceptions against the Bears. The first one, I mean, that Goff thought he had Sam Laporta on the outside slant. Laporta collided with Jaquan Brisker, so the thing just got messed. Yeah, that up. one
1: wasn't on him.
0: But the, the last two, to T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, kind of walked me through that because it seemed to be situations where Goff didn't really have the measure of the backers and intermediate coverage, and it looked as if he was throwing off time to some bad places.
1: Uh, yeah, I can look at those too, so I will.
0: I'm not sure if this is an overall issue that will plague him long term. I had not seen it before. But so we're in, talking you know, about
1: the second two the last two uh, interceptions, right?
0: T.J. Edwards and Troy the, the two to the linebackers. The first one was just a screwed up, you know, it happens. And that was not So out. we
1: want the one um to Edmonds, right?
0: Uh Edwards and Edmonds.
1: Okay, which one happened first? Uh, I Edwards happened first. I yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll look at that too.
0: So again, they're, you know, it's like I'm not I'm not sure what we're looking at here.
1: All right. So, so let's walk through this too. I know the audience can't. Well, maybe you'll be able to put the play up. Uh, but yeah. the point is, is he initially sees split safety? Because don't forget, quarterbacks are not looking at eleven defenders. It's not humanly possible. They're taught that hey, is it is middle field open, middle field close, and what's my blitz alerts? That's that's the general way quarterbacks are taught. Now there's a little more obviously, but they're not they're they're not being asked to watch you know ten guys. You can't do that. So. Right. He sees middle middle open right now. But what's going to happen is it it's going to change, okay? It's essentially going to change as he takes the snap. So he's got to recognize all this, just like we spoke a little bit ago about um, Brock Purdy recognizing it. So now he he looks out to his right, and he doesn't feel comfortable making that throw to um, – I think that's actually Brock Wright. So he doesn't feel comfortable making that throw. So he comes back into the – basically – See, I understand exactly what he thought was going to happen. And, again, it didn't happen, so it's on him. But he, he, here's what he thought was going to happen. When he comes back, he sees Edmonds jump. Um, God, it's Malcolm Rodriguez, the linebacker. Or is he a fullback now? Um, <laughs> which he has been used that way, by the way. So he's, he's he sees him jump that, and he thinks he has the high-low, and he's going to throw the ball to um, um I think he it was Peoples-Jones. Peoples
0: Peoples-Jones was his target,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's thrown it to Peoples-Jones, and yeah. he did not account at all for Edwards, who came from the other side. You can't throw in the middle of the field like that. You have to account for the backside player because right. when you're late in the middle, the backside linebacker or the backside underneath defender becomes in play, and he did not account for that. So that's on him. Yeah. So then, then the Edmonds one. Um, they were. They didn't flip anything. This is cover three. Let's see. So, again, he's looking at split safety. It could be anything. It becomes cover three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is bad. Yeah. This one, in all honesty... You know, and I'm not going to get this opportunity, but this is one where I'd have to say to him, "What did you see?" Because I don't know yep. what he saw because it's just too muddied. There was no way, there was no way to get the ball to who he was throwing it to. So that's one. As a coach, you say, "Hey, Jared, what did you see?" And yep. you let him tell you what he saw because he obviously didn't see it correctly.
0: Yeah, and it's not like emblematic or something bigger. I just, I saw no, that. no,
1: no, 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 he,
0: no, no. When he throws three interceptions, I'm like, "Huh?" And we'll talk about CJ Stroud's three interceptions later. Uh, By you, the way, I, mean. uh, you,
1: I, I didn't think that they were terrible interceptions. I like the kind where you go, "Oh my God, there's a big problem here."
0: No, I don't think. Well, the the we're going to talk about a cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals who had the game of his life. we uh, going to do that in a minute. Uh, let's. Yeah. So, uh, Raiders at Chiefs, and we're not talking about the Raiders. Obviously, this is we're taping this the morning after the Monday Night game. There have been two times look, before we get into the offense. We had a lot to deal with there. I wanted to go back to what we talked about with Steve Spagnuolo's Chiefs defense last week. There have been two times a season, Greg, where the Eagles offensive line has been handled, like dominated. It's not right. a usual occurrence. It was the Jets, and it was this game. Chiefs defense, as we discussed last week, is how they it, it's they will adjust their lines and their coverages in sync to mess with offenses pre- and post-snap. It's a really cool thing to watch because it's so easy when you're messing with that much stuff to just like lose control of everything. If you wonder why Jalen Hurts threw 453 screens in the second half, well, here's why. He was sacked five times in the first half, and Spags had a great wrinkle. Eli Manning actually mentioned on the Manning cast they would throw a late DB blitz from the front side and drop a defensive line into coverage on the other side. The blitzer was McDuffie, and the dropper was Mike Dana on all three. Yeah, current. see, to me,
1: that's not a wrinkle. I think that – and, again, no, not going to lie Manning, but, I mean, I've watched the Chiefs, you know, every year, and, and I've, I've certainly studied Steve Spagnuolo's defense. And I think – and I even made this note that – I don't think there's another defensive coordinator in the league who uses his defensive backs as effectively as blitzers as Spagnola. That's not some that's not something new. Um oh, now, no. maybe I mean,
0: they had Legarius Sneed blowing people up as a slot blitzer for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah,
1: and he's so. no longer a slot player, so he's I'm not really, the guy that blitzes right so he's now. He's outside, um, but,
0: but he used to do that.
1: But right. McDuffie is really, really good. I mean, th- that's that here, here's exactly what I typed. It's funny that you're were mentioning this. I said Chief D. De- D.C. Spagnolo, one of the best in the NFL, de- deploying defensive backs as blitzers. At times, they are part of five-man pressures. And other times, they are fourth rushers in zone exchange pressure schemes. You know, he's really, really good at that. I mean, they yeah. had a sack... Which, which I'm actually going to do this week in the matchup show, the, in the um, game against Miami when they were overseas. It was the first third down of the game, and Jalen Watson got a sack. He was a free hitter at Tua attack of and And that was, that was a five-man pressure that was beautifully executed. But he's, he's really, really good. And one thing you see that he often pairs with a, uh, an edge blitz by a defensive back is a TE stunt to the same side, which yep. softens the edge. And yep. so it's, it's really well-designed and, and well-done. And he did that against the, the Eagles as well.
0: Yeah. Well, the second sack, Chris Jones, was another cool thing they had. And you mentioned Leo Chanel as sort of a hybrid,
1: you know. Two yeah. Road, well, up. he was a pass rusher in college at Wisconsin.
0: Right. So the second sack, they had a bare front look pre-snap, and they moved to a four-man pressure with Chanel dropping to off ball. Seven-man drop and cover six. Hurts had Devontae Smith open in the left slot. Didn't happen. Just diabolical stuff.
1: And then they sort of – So which, which sack are you referring to? That uh, was his
0: s- second one, Chris Jones. So
1: this, was this happened. a uh, – who got the sack here? It was Jones. Okay. Yeah, I don't – I I remember the ones uh, better later in the uh, first half yeah. where uh, McDuffie had the sack forced fumble and then the Karloftis sack. I remember yeah. that. So,
0: uh, so, well, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But I just wanted to mention Spagnuolo's defense. I mean, th- that it's probably the most fun defense to watch in the NFL. So. Oh, it's great. It's Okay, on to the offense, Greg. Uh, we are past the hole. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. They'll figure it out. We're not worried because a lot of the same stuff we, discover, we discussed before the bye is still there. Drops can be considered random, but the Chiefs lead the NFL with 26 receiver drops, and their 9% drop rate is the highest for any team in the NFL over the last 10 seasons per stats and info. So it's about more than that. What? Before I get into the concepts, you mentioned this morning when we talked that Mahomes is not playing well, and I want to step back and let you just roll with that.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's played particularly well all season long, and I don't think – um I don't think he's a comfortable quarterback you know we've gotten used to the fact that every week he's going to make special outside of structure plays he's done them so many times in his career to you know to be the great great player that he's become that we just assume that that's always going to happen um they've not really happened anywhere near as much this year because even though teams coach movement you know in other words if the quarterback moves they have scramble rules with the receivers that is coached there's still a random element to movement as you know doug so just because a quarterback moves doesn't automatically mean the play will end up being a positive um i don't think he's particularly comfortable right now he's always moved at times prematurely that in many ways has been part of his game and when i say prematurely i mean where there's no real pressure um but now his movement To me, anyway, watching the tape just seems more random and less calculated. He's leaving too many throws on the field that are there. And, you know, at some point that becomes a problem. Now, I will say this. I don't think he trusts his protection because they have an issue now. They have an issue with their tackles. There were numerous, numerous plays in this game where they had to keep Kelsey into Chip, and he's then not a primary route runner in the route concept, and that's a yeah. problem. Left so, tackle
0: Donovan Smith, the right tackle, Jawan Taylor, uh, to, for people who don't know, and Taylor against the Eagles was getting his lunch. But
1: they've struggled play. all year, um, and yeah. I think, again, you know, I'm not in his head, but I can tell you from speaking to quarterbacks through the years um, that when they don't trust the protection, they play differently because yep. they're anticipating that they're going to get pressure. So they do tend to leave earlier. It's not an excuse. I mean, no. a coach would tell you, "Hey, you, you can't worry about that." Um, but it's, they're human beings too, and, you know. Uh, but overall, you know, Mahomes is missing way too many throws um, that we we don't. I don't think we've seen him miss those kinds of throws. Um, like I said, I mean, there was a great example in this game, and I made a note of it. And um, I'm trying – let me see if I can find it. Maybe I maybe I can't. Um, oh, he had a dig late in the third quarter. It was first and 10 late in the third quarter. Um, Skymore was wide open on a dig route. and Mahomes did not turn it loose. Now, some might say, well, Carter Power versus left guard Thune, that was a – you know, but that – That happened later. The ball should have been gone. And I don't know why he didn't throw it. He was really, Moore was so wide open. You know, only Mahomes can tell you why he didn't throw it. And then there's other times where he's just, um, you know, he's just missing throws. I mean, he had a very poor vertical throw to Valdez Scantling, and we know he can't catch the ball very well, and we know that, he, you know, he had a, a really bad drop that could have won the game for them, but that's not really relevant. If the receiver is open, you got to throw it. He had a poor vertical throw to Valdez Scantling, who had easily beaten Blankenship on a sail route, um, you know, in, in in the third quarter, you know, and he badly missed it. We don't, yeah. we haven't seen that from the homes. He He's just not a comfortable player right now.
0: I would agree with that and i'm i'm not making excuses from Mahomes either so let's let's leave that where it is i don't disagree at all you mentioned flood as a primary chiefs route concept in previous years when we discussed it this morning you haven't seen it I, much in recent weeks well we it's a little bit but here's what i wrote i don't see a lot of complimentary concept to scheme guys open it doesn't help at all the spacing and timing of those routes seems off like it, i remember i always bring this up the the first year that tom brady was in tampa bay first half of the first season before the bye when they were just getting waxed, and he was over Scotty Miller by like 20 yards. And this is the greatest quarterback of all time, duh. And he wasn't on the same page with his receivers, so I think that's part of it. This isn't an integrated passing game right now. The connections aren't consistent. I think this is one reason Mahomes has regressed to sort of hero ball and missing stuff. The deep stuff right now seems more like, hey, let's get everyone running in straight lines and see who Patrick can hit. And another thing I noticed against the Eagles are a lot of times, perhaps to a disproportionate amount where every target is running to about the same point in the field from a a vertical perspective. I just don't see a lot of, and and we get to the bills and and what Joe Brady did a little bit differently. I'll bring this up again, but you know, I'm not, I'm not pillaring Matt Nagy or Andy Reid. but I'm just saying, I'm I'm saying what I see, like you say,
1: it's
0: it's based on tape.
1: But I will say this, too, you know, going back to their, their O-Tackle's inability to pass protect. Because you know what yeah. that does? Um, not only does it force Kelsey to be a chipper at times, but it limits your formations. Yes. And that's, that's a big problem. Um, so, you know, I think they have to work a bunch of things out. There's no question that this season – They've really been driven by their defense, not by their offense.
0: Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how a playoff conversant they'd be without that defense playing the way it is. But uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, also this morning the Eagles' defense, how much cover zero they played. Six um, snaps,
1: if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and that Bayard interception, uh, Howie, you did it again. I always like Bayard and I just I like that play. Yeah, see now that was a really bad throw by
1: Mahomes. That should it have been was. an easy touchdown. It, it was late, 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 late. I late, mean, late. he should have taken him further across the end zone. He threw yeah. it he threw it to where he was as opposed to where he was going. Yeah. And that allowed Byard to recover and make the interception. Yeah. So a lot there. Speaking of the Eagles, Bill's at Eagles. Um
0: Bill's offense. And everyone says more motion. I, I found this interesting. In this game, there were 15, uh, Bill's Jets, there were 15 examples of either shift or motion. Josh Allen completed all 15 passes, three explosive plays, all three of his touchdowns. In the previous 10 games, Josh Allen had thrown 150 passes with motion. So the per game uh, average was exactly the same, 15. So here's Allen's completion to Dalton Kincaid with 2.18 left in the first quarter. They ran jet motion with Diggs, linebacker C.J. Mosley ran with Diggs, linebacker Quincy Williams stayed to spy Allen. That left the middle of the field open for Kincaid's simple stop right up the middle. It wasn't some massive schematic innovation, but it was an example of setting up a defense for a favorable look for your quarterback. Hmm. Allen, had not, Allen had nine completions over the middle against the Jets by, around the seams or inside the seams, and that included the 81-yard touchdown pass to Khalil Shakir so it wasn't like huge differences which you can't do in a week but i did see some different things
1: yeah i mean again you know you had the numbers but it it, it seemed watching the tape that motion was used more extensively now again right. it could be the kind of motion um but
0: yeah, you know, and here's the other thing i wanted to bring up just to sorry to interject um you know it, it's not like as you like to say we roll out of bed If you you can't just say hey we're going to put motion in, and we're going to be the you know 89 49ers it, there has to be a meaning to your motion, or your whatever pre you know if you're no huddle it has to have meaning
1: if you're in motion it has to have meaning well i think and every I, team believes that when they do these things it does have meaning <laughs> some do well, it better than others
0: yeah but the point is i mean there's there, there's motion to indicate there's motion to disrupt and there's motion to define i think there are three levels to it And I think Brady did a better job of using motion to define things for Allen, is my point.
1: Yes, and I think, you know, what you're trying, look, Josh Allen, by his very nature, is not necessarily a true precision quarterback, Mm -hmm. Um, but you still have to work toward that. You can't build your offense, you know, we just spoke about Mahomes, you can't build your offense – around the fact that your quarterback's going to make special plays every single week Right. because, you know, they don't happen every single week. Um, yeah. So you need to build your offense around the execution of what you do within the structure of it. Um, mm-hmm. Now the Kincaid play you spoke about, when was that in the game? That was 218 left in the first quarter. I know it's 16 yards. Yeah. That was, um, that's where they, they were in six O-line personnel digs jet motion across the formation, mostly yeah. expanded with them. Um, um, then the Williams, linebacker.
0: It looks like Williams is spying Allen. And that gave. Uh, well, then
1: Williams reacted to Murray crossing the formation opposite. The okay.
0: Murray. Okay.
1: Gotcha. So the motion and the backfield action um, opened the throwing window for Allen on the sit route to Kincaid, right in the middle. So what they did is they defined the read and the throw for Allen with the use of motion and backfield action, and those are the kinds of things you want to do to. to I hate to use this word because then people think it means the quarterback's not smart but you're trying to simplify the reads and and i'm not saying that be in a way of, of smart versus stupid you're trying to pres- look every coach wants the primary read to be where the ball's thrown that's mm-hmm. the way pass games are structured so what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a situation where that can happen you can mm-hmm. do that at times through motion through backfield actions, through formations, there's multiple ways to do it. But what you're trying to do is to simplify it for the quarterback so that the primary read is where he can deliver the football. Yeah,
0: I just thought you know, again, it's not revolutionary. It's not some like, oh my god, no. But,
1: but it was a good. Nothing's example. really revolutionary, Doug, as you know,
0: right? Uh, yeah, you and I have written books about that, haven't we? Um, so uh, you on the Eagles, Greg, because you're an Eagles guy. Slave at the boundary, Bradbury Field. Uh, you've mentioned that Bradbury has some issues,
1: yeah. Well, I think that's one reason why in this game they they basically made that change where they mm-hmm. made Slay the boundary corner and Bradbury the field corner. Because prior to this, they had played Bradbury at right corner, Slay at left corner. Uh, last so
0: they were not, they were stationary, now they're following, is what you're saying.
1: No, they're still stationary, just one's oh, okay. boundary, one's field. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, because the, the boundary corner is going to play a lot more man coverage because of the nature of coverage and the nature of what offenses do in terms of of distribution and location of receivers, Mr. Farrar. uh,
0: That's my favorite Greg Cosell
1: phrase. Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so that's what they've done because Bradbury has struggled in coverage this year. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jaguars at Texans, intriguing battle for uh, domination of the AFC South, Greg. Uh, I know. Yeah, Strouds interceptions. Uh, first one was to Cardinal safety, Jalen Thompson. Go Cougs. Uh, it looked like the Cardinals were playing red, too. Not sure what Stroud was looking for there. And Nico Collins ran a slant run into
1: Thompson's area. Like, I don't know what... Well, there. I know exactly what he was looking for, okay. and he had it. He... he, he if you watch that play carefully, he took an extra beat to deliver the ball, and therefore was late, and okay. that shortened the end zone, so he he couldn't throw it beyond because it would have been out of the end zone. If he didn't take the extra beat to deliver the ball, he might have had the throw. He so he had to okay. leave the ball short, or he would have thrown it out of the end zone, which okay. he could have, I guess. Yeah, you know, had
0: throw through that instead of into that. Okay. Right,
1: right, but uh, yeah, but he, yeah. but he, he, you could see if you watch that play that he starts to throw. Pauses and okay. then th- and then throws it. So he okay. was a beat late with that throw.
0: Second one, I'd credit cornerback Antonio Hamilton of the Cardinals, who followed Robert Woods on that shallow cross, broke the pass up for linebacker Chris Barnes to catch it. And then third one, that was Hamilton again. He followed Tank Dell on the quick out and jumped it. So Yeah, was-
1: and and that was a bad, bad a ball location throw. He left yeah. that ball far too inside on yep. the outcut by Dell, and that allowed Hamilton to make the pick.
0: However, he's still him. The touchdown to Tank Dell, and we talked about this last week about how Stroud is one of those rare guys who does not need to stride into his throws to make stick throws downfield. He had a guy right in his face, and it was all upper body. And I'm like,
1: yep, there he is. Yeah, and, and the thing that's really been impressive about him, um, you rarely see this with rookie quarterbacks. He's been outstanding on third down this year. Um, yep. And you rarely see that with rookie quarterbacks because for the most part, defenses. Um, have the tactical advantage on third down, particularly if it's third and seven plus, because they can do a lot of things. And you're, you're sort of a little reactive to that. Um, mm-hmm. But he has been truly outstanding on third down. Um, and he's only been sacked six times on third down all season with 120 dropbacks. And that's really, really impressive.
0: Yeah, so I don't think those three picks – he had two the whole season and then three in this No, game. I don't think they're
1: alarming by any it's means.
0: It's not like, oh, God, because, no. you know, Ricky quarterback no. you think, oh, has the league figured him out. I don't think that's what this is.
1: And, by the way, he's proven to be a pretty aggressive thrower, and yeah. I think you, every once in a while those guys do throw picks. That's the nature of the NFL. Um, you know, I, look, no one wants to throw picks, but I've always been a believer, and you know this, Doug, that you have to look at each interception as a separate sure. entity. You can't look at a number on a page.
0: Of course. Well, you're a basketball guy, so you'll like this. He was asked after the game if he was going to meet anywhere conservative. He said, Steph doesn't stop shooting the threes. I'm going to be who I am. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to worry about it. I mean, look, you know, I, Dan Orlovsky did a thing, you know, getting back to Josh Allen that I happen to see where he literally went through every one of Josh Allen's interceptions this year. Yeah. And there are four or five that are terrible. Okay. Yeah. That's so, you know, if it's four or five that are terrible, you know, that, that happens. It's the NFL. But yeah. he went through all the others and, you know they really are not bad i mean that's been so overblown um right you know so but we are you know we won't get into that right now you yeah. know cuz we, we but i mean you know you have to be careful about looking not you just people about looking at a number on a page and say yeah. oh that's too many you've got to no see no box
0: score scouting people let that yeah, be your you got to see them
1: you've got to see them
0: yep yeah. Uh, final note on Jags-Texans, uh, Ted Wynn of The Athletic, who does great work, pointed this out. Jaguars are using Calvin Ridley more in the slot with stacks and motion stacks and some really interesting things. We haven't talked about the Jaguars in a while, so I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Ridley had a good game. But, uh, yeah, some uh, highly intriguing matchups on Thanksgiving yep. and Beyond. And, uh, <coughs> as always, great stuff. We'll be uh, DVRing NFL matchup in our trip to fan haze as always. And we'll be talking more X's and O's next week.
1: All right, Doug, appreciate it. Thanks.